You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Daniel, I think after uh, Batman v Superman last weekend, I think all of Geek Elite Radio had to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, this is where we're at this week. We are here to talk about the televised heroic shows, but first, I think um, I think let's. I want to hear what your opinion was on Batman v Superman. Uh, let's try not to do any spoilers here, but. If we do, I don't know. How, what do you, how do you feel? Do you think you could talk about it without doing spoilers, or do you need to talk about something? Because we do spoilers on this show all the time, anyway. So yeah, um, I, I guess I just really want to talk about one one, but that leaked online. The whole Flash scene. I think that's a thing I really want to talk about the most. That would be spoiler heavy. Okay, let's talk about it. But but you know what? I'm 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 going to take back what I said earlier. Uh, we're gonna have if we if I say something that's gonna it might be a spoiler. So. Uh, if you haven't watched Batman v Superman yet, go ahead and uh, try and skip forward to uh, when we first talk about TV shows. But ready, ready, go ahead. What What do you want to talk about with uh, uh, the Flash coming back from the future? First of all, I just want to say that uh, this movie. There's a couple of things I really did like and a couple of things I did hate. Um, some things obviously that didn't make sense. Uh, I want to say that to me, the whole Flash scene. Um, I don't know. It didn't work for me as a dream within a dream. I had to explain to a couple of people that it was a dream within a dream, basically, after I saw the movie. Well, I mean, he wakes up right afterward. How come they couldn't figure that one out? Well, it's because at first he was dreaming about Dark Side, and then, and then once he dreams about you know his his cow being taken off, he wakes up. But then the Flash comes out, and then he wakes up after that again. Right, I know. That's that's, that's super weird. Um, I don't remember Batman having any, uh, uh, you know, prophetic dreams or visions in any of the comic books I've read, but I guess this might be a new power that he's getting. <laughs> I don't understand why he's able to have uh, dreams that tell him what what's going to happen in the future, if that's what's going to happen in the future. I mean, I guess the whole Superman working with Darkseid and... Uh, parademons attacking Earth could could happen, could not happen, but how would you have a dream of a parademon if you didn't already know what a parademon was? Right, he would have had to crack, you know, Lex Luthor's file first and hope that he has research of parademons in there. Right, and I guess you could say that because he fell asleep at his computer console and that the, the thing was def- deciphering Lex's files... That maybe it played the the Flash video while he was still like asleep, half asleep, and his subconscious put in those images into his head. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's stretching, obviously. But uh, so, what did you? Th- but what did you think about the whole Flash? You know, talking about it's her, it's Lois Lane. She's the key. He's exactly what you thought he was. Am I? Did I go back too far? Oh no, I went back too far. <laughs> <laughs> it um 
that, to me, with the Flash giving that warning, it set it up for injustice. Injustice, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that, that kind of is a line right out of uh, Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right, that too. So, I mean, it's... I think that's what they're trying to set up. I, I I don't know why they would be setting up Crisis on Infinite Earths with uh with the movie universe, but that's a that's a pretty big storyline. So yeah. we'll I mean we'll have to. I, you'd think that Darkseid would be a big enough baddie for them to go for, but if they want to go for the Anti Monitor, that's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a pretty ballsy storyline that I they're mean, gonna have later on. I just gonna go through everybody's head, man. The tops is everybody's head. That's not a comic book fan. <laughs> oh no, no, definitely. That's so gonna go over everybody's head. But I mean, maybe that's a way to bring in all the TV show people too. Yeah, and that'd be awesome to see that. Any other particular parts of the movie that you liked, didn't like, have a problem with? I had a problem with the Coke Field uh, Lex Luthor or Junior that we got. Lex Luthor. <laughs> Yeah, Lex Luthor Jr. and his uh his little ticks and Tourette's and weird, you know, mannerisms is just I I don't understand that either. I I don't know why they're making such a distinction of fact that he's Lex Luthor Jr. Uh they they've I think he stated in the movie that his father is dead, so you know, why would uh you know, why would that make a difference? Unless they're going to bring back an older Lex Luthor, the the Lex Luthor Senior, uh, Alexander Luthor in the comic books, Alexander Luthor Junior in the comic books, the one that uh, you know helps out during Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, he um, is isn't that way either. He's a good guy, so I don't know what, what they're doing here. Uh, did you end up seeing that deleted scene that they released on on Monday online? No, but it had to do with uh, with the gods, right? The new gods. Oh, was, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. Well, it had to do with uh, apocalypse or not apocalypse. Dang it, <laughs> dark side. <laughs> yeah. So you know, more than likely, I guess that's what that dinging, ding, 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 ding that Lex Luthor Jr. was doing in in jail at the end of the movie when he kept repeating it over and over. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's supposed to be the sound of a mother box ping and he's been taken over by dark side or dark, one of dark sides followers or what, but there's that, you know, that's just one of the things I think that's one of the problems with this movie. There's, they tried to do, they crammed way too much into it. They, they didn't focus on any one particular thing. The whole movie to me, like up until the point where Batman and Superman actually fight each other. And even after that, like, is is five-minute clips over and over. Like, they don't... The no scene is longer than five minutes. They're all just clip Like, it's like YouTube clips or Vine GIFs, you know? <laughs> they, 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 they... I don't think they people... They had any idea... They, they think that, you know, the audience isn't going to have an attention span long enough to follow a scene. So they just cut and cut and cut and cut and cut. So that's one of the problems I had with the movie, uh, other than it's you know terrible storytelling and uh, Batman killing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that bothered me a lot too. Also, I just want to say that this movie uh, should be Batman featuring Superman. 
Uh, actually, if anything, I would say this movie was um, Lex Luthor featuring Batman and Superman because if you put in like if you were to write, write down the dialogue that Batman and Superman had together, you probably have maybe six pages of dialogue total between the two of them because neither one of them talk. They literally just stare at the camera or away from the camera all the time. That's, I didn't even think of it, about that. And <laughs> probably right. Jeremy Irons probably had a bigger part than. Oh than, yeah, Jeremy <laughs> Irons definitely has a bigger part than, than than Bruce Wayne. I mean, he he literally is tells Bruce Wayne everything, and he's the his conscience and every. Uh, oh, I don't know. All right. Well, just so I know now, Lex Luthor or Lex Luthor Jr. is now the world's greatest detective in the DC universe because he was able to figure out who Batman and Superman were in their secret identities. And then he also has the he has the files on the Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, you know. He he's he's able to keep track of all of them whereas Batman couldn't even figure out who was who was playing a prank on him. Right. <laughs> We saw some detective work from Bruce, but it was very lazy, uh, lazy uh, detective work. Which which detective work was that? I just felt that they actually tried to put in detective work in the movie. Uh, well, I mean, just uh, I didn't. I really didn't feel like they, they they had him do any. Like maybe you could say that he found that uh, the the women being abused or being sex slaves. Uh, ring was detective work, but other than that, he like he didn't. He keeps getting these notes, and he doesn't think about who's sending the notes. He he uh, he, he can't be. He, he's not he's not able to figure out that he's being manipulated by a third party to hating Superman. True. He doesn't even figure out who Superman you know is. He would have quickly figured it out. Bruce Wayne in the comics. He, yeah, Bruce Wayne in the comics would have figured it out. After their first uh, encounter, he would have put like the tracker on, on Superman like he did in the comics. Yeah. Or in the animated series. Uh, well, like, like I said, I, I have many problems with this movie. I think that uh, a lot of... I think, well, one, as a movie itself, it has a lot of plot holes. It has a lot of assumptions that people already know. Like, the whole like Wonder Woman thing. If you didn't know, if you didn't know who Wonder Woman was before this movie, and I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you wouldn't didn't know who Wonder Woman was before this movie, you wouldn't know that that character is Wonder Woman because they never called her Wonder Woman. They never even call her Princess Diana. They literally the only time anybody calls her by a name is the flight attendant following her out of the plane says Miss Prince. That's it. I mean. How would anybody know that she's Wonder Woman other than the fact that they already know who Wonder Woman is? You know what I mean? Right. And then even on the files, um, I forgot what she was labeled as. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know if, they, if it says anything. But, you know, there you have you have Lex Luthor who's already come up with names, secret names and, and uh, you know, logo designs for each one of these people. <laughs> On his computer, he's already got, created the Flash design. He's already created Cyborg's uh, logo, and he's got Aquaman's logo. Even though none of these people have made themselves known to the rest of the world, like you said, he's the best. Uh, the he's best the world's detective. greatest detective. <laughs> That's right. 
All right. Uh, I I didn't like the movie. I had a problem with it. I, how, how did you feel? I thought it was okay. Um, I mean, I still have to see it a second time just to see, you know, what things I missed here and there. But I just thought it was okay. It could have been a lot better. See, like, yeah, you're right. That's ex- I mean, and you have to watch it a second. I watched it the second time to to figure out more of what 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 a, what it is I liked and what I didn't like. I just think that it's it's as me personally as a comic book fan, I felt like it was cool to see all a bunch of different scenes, like from different comic books and different storylines. It's like, yeah, that's that's from the Dark Knight Returns, and that's from Infinite or Christ on Infinite Earth, and that's from the Death of Superman. But as a comic book reader, I'm just like, you just screwed up a dozen different storylines just because you wanted to put it all into one movie. Right. I, oh man, I don't know. It just, I'm going to go back to what you said. The editing was just bad. It just kept jumping from one thing to another thing. Nothing really flowed. No. And that's why the whole first part of the whole first half of the movie doesn't feel like it ever gets going because it's just a bunch of different cuts. You just, you have no idea when the movie starts because it doesn't really start. But All right. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done talking about this movie uh, for now. Um, let's go ahead and get straight into our TV shows, though. Now, we have two weeks worth of each show and four weeks worth of, uh, uh, what is it, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to talk about. Right. Uh, let's just, you know, kind of, let's skip, let's just, like, try and talk about the, the you know, what, how we feel about each each one of these shows and where it's going. So, uh, Supergirl, we had uh, the the appearance of Silver Banshee and uh, you know uh, the cro- the Flash crossover episode. And uh, what was the episode before? Oh, the the everybody being told or not everybody, but basically the outing of Martian Manhunter. Right. So. So, um, I mean, I just, God, I, I hate you just because you have some, some psychic powers. You can tell what's going to happen next. I mean, am I not paying that much attention, uh, for the show to be that predictable? What's going on? You know, you're like, oh, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and, and, uh, pat myself on the back or anything, but I think. Because I've wasted most of my life watching TV shows and <laughs> reading comic books, uh, I would say that I just kind of see the formula and I see what's happening. So that's the only reason why I can kind of figure things out a little bit beforehand. But uh, what are you specifically referring to? Well, on um, this, it has to be with Dean Kane still being alive. <laughs> Yeah, and what do you think is going to happen with Dean Cain's character? They're experimenting on him, and he's probably going to be the freaking, um, oh god, I forgot his name, but the robot Superman. The cyborg Superman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's definitely what's going to happen. Uh, I think you're going to probably find out that Hank Henshaw and, the the real Hank Henshaw and uh, Dr. Danvers might have somehow merged brains or, or something like that and, and they're they're both inside a cyborg body and they're both gonna and so one's gonna have the powers of uh you know is gonna have some type of equivalent powers to supergirl so thus we're gonna get our cyborg superman 
which would include a actor who used to be Superman in TV show and uh, a character that used to be Carol's or Kara's father, which is what how it is in the comic books now. That her her father from from Krypton actually became Cyborg Superman. So there you go. They've tied in New Fifty Two, Old Fifty Two. And also um, uh, the TV shows all together, and it's gonna still end up being. I think it's still it's, that's kind of cool. They they kind of made all of it come together as one. Smart move on their part, definitely. Yes, definitely. So uh, also, did you see that uh, Linda Carter is gonna be coming to the show? Uh, the the original nineteen sixty six, I think sixty six, maybe he's in seventies seventies. Uh, Wonder Woman from the TV show Wonder Woman. Nice. Uh, do you know as what or as who? She's going to play the president of the United States in, in uh, the Supergirl universe. Oh, wow. Now, what? Why, why the president of the United States needs to come to National City or talk to Supergirl, that's another story, but that's who she's going to play. So Interesting. Um... So yes, that 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 was the end of the the Martian Manhunter episode where we find out because he go he tries to go into the mind of James Harper, I believe, right? Right, and then he's like the guy oh, that's arresting him. Yeah, and he uh, he's, you see that that Hank or that Carol Danvers' dad, Carol Danvers' dad, or foster dad, I should say, Alex Danvers' dad is actually still alive, or he's at least his body is inside Cadmus Lab somewhere. Which is interesting. You know, Cadmus Labs is a big part of the DC universe, and James Harper is also a big part of the universe. He's uh, the Guardian. Really? Yeah, in the comic books, he's the guy who wears that blue and gold outfit and has a, a gold shield that he carries around, kind of like Captain America, except for it's a it's the shape of a, sh- a kite shield instead of a, a circular shield. Oh, um, is he part of the Justice League of America then? I don't think he's part of the Justice League of America. Usually he uh like he was a big part of Superboy during the the 90s um because Super that Superboy was created in Cadmus Labs, the one that came out after Superman died. Um he was part of the Young Justice TV show, the uh-huh. one that had uh um where you saw what's his face Roy Roy Harper get his arm cut off. Okay. Yeah, uh, he might have showed up in the 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 Justice League animated TV show. I'm not sure though. That's on Netflix, and I need to get back on to watching it. <laughs> there you go, get back on it. Um, yeah, we had plenty of uh, uh, of little side notes and and characters being introduced, uh, including uh, Silver Banshee, which I can't believe I didn't even think about that when they first in- introduced Javon. I know that Silver Banshee's name is Siobhan, and I, I totally didn't even think about that. But, uh, yeah, there was uh, the Silver Banshee was introduced, and she didn't know that she w- she had uh, magical powers, so that was kind of cool. So she took uh, talked to her gypsy aunt? That's right. She talked to her, her gypsy aunt, who explained to her that the women of their, their family, of their bloodline, will always be cursed. And when... Um, they, uh, you know, once they have bad, or they they also end up having bad attitudes, and they have to kill the person that wronged them if they want to get rid of their their curse. 
So she implies that she killed her husband <laughs> when he wronged her. So that she ended up getting rid of her curse. But uh, Siobhan is under the impression that uh, Supergirl and Cat Grant are the ones that wronged her. So she has to kill them both. But killing Supergirl is not easy. So what she do- what she does is goes and gets an ally. And that ally happens to be... Livewire. Livewire, someone else who also hates Supergirl and Cat Grant from earlier in the season. Um, I think it's funny because what we know as comic book readers is that there's only two things that hurt people from Krypton, and that would be Kryptonite and Magic. uh, magic. And Siobhan, or Silver Banshee, is magic. Her powers are magic-based, so she is the better, better choice for having to fight Supergirl than Livewire. Well, whereas electricity does obviously take out take a lot of toll on on Superman and Supergirl, uh, ma- magic is the one that can actually hurt them. God, uh, it's painful hearing the screams, you know. <laughs> that you know that's t- so true. I didn't even think about that. And uh, one of the one of our uh, uh, f- listeners tweeted at me the night that the Supergirl. Um, Flash uh, crossover happened, which was the episode with Silver Banshee, and he said that it was his name is Jose Aldana, Aldana, and he was saying that how much uh, he prefers the Silver Banshee scream to the Black Canary scream on on Arrow, and I was I have to admit they they pretty they do a much better job with it on Supergirl. Yeah, they do, uh, and it's definitely a lot more terrifying and, and uh, painful. So, but I, I mean, I have to give it to them. I mean, this is a magic, a magical scream versus a technological scream, which is just a, a, a scream that's, it's, and which is funny because in the episode of Arrow this week, and we'll get to it later, uh, they, they kind of have, they deal, they deal with a little bit more talking about Black Canary's scream. They use it in a quite creative way too. Very much so. So, um... You know, it's it, I, I can see that Silver Banshee scream being a little bit more devastating, especially since you know Black Canary scream isn't isn't a meta power like it is in the comic book. It's it's based off of technology in the in the show. Yeah. So in the crossover episode, you have it was such you know, and I know there's a lot of memes going around on on the internet about it, but it was such a relief to see. You know, Flash and Supergirl work together and be nice with each other and playful and and funny as compared to Superman and Batman or uh, Daredevil and Punisher or uh, probably yeah Captain America and and Tony Stark eventually. But uh, you know, they had such cute moments like when he goes when he runs around the city and he comes back and he has ice cream and she's like. (laughs) He's just like, oh, I got you guys ice cream. And he, she's like, yes, ice cream. <laughs> oh, so good. And the whole like, oh, I need to keep a 10,000 calorie diet. Do you know where I can get some food? It's like, oh, right here. Talking to the right girl. You like donuts? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love donuts? <laughs> doesn't love donuts. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They had, they had really good chemistry, which is, you know, I mean, I, I can't imagine it's too difficult seeing as how they both were on Glee. Yep. So, you know, they uh, they have history. Uh, I don't know if they ever had scenes together or not, but they were both on the show. I'd assume they were they they talked to each other before. Yeah, I don't um Yeah, I don't know either. Um they do they did uh they did such a good job 
and and I think this is where we kind of came up to a little, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, not argument, but disagreement, I guess, of where this fits into the the Flash episodes. I like I said I feel that um, especially the way I watched it, I watched Flash first and then Supergirl. I feel that it definitely takes place during the current season of the Flash. Okay, so I think that because of the little the device you see on Barry's chest at the beginning of the uh, the Flash episode or the Supergirl episode, which is the device that's on the costume for Reverse Flash. Flash in the Flash episode, that it takes place not exactly after this the the current Flash episode, but somewhere down the line, maybe. It probably still in this season, but it's definitely not in the next episode. Right. I don't think it's in the next episode. I just feel like it's in this current season. Okay. So then we did we did end up coming to a kind of an agreement on that on that. Then I just think that you know it's going to be it's going to be the result of a of a episode down the line somewhere. And I think maybe that at some point it might have they might have lined up, but maybe because CS. CBS and CW have different programming uh, lineups, and you know what if for whatever reasons, you know CBS might not have played an episode or or whatever, you know they did they ended up, the episodes not ended up not lining up together. Like in the beginning of the season of Supergirl, where the episodes are flip flopped. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know they have to they 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 sometimes they they don't play episodes because of national news or you know for whatever reason things things happen like that. That usually doesn't happen to CW because the CW is the kind of network that just plays their episodes. There's not there's not a, a, a local news. There's not a, a national news on there or anything like that. So that's just a, kind of an insider TV thing. Uh, what did you, what else did you think of uh, of of the Flash being on? Uh, I I thought it was it was funny when he was looking through the computer and he's like, "Well, you have a central city, but I can't seem to find myself or Caitlin or uh, Cisco on the internet at all, and stuff like that." What did you think of all that? That was uh, pretty funny. Uh, what I liked is like, oh, um, it seems like your super villains like or your bad guys like to hide in warehouses on this earth too, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. And then she he also was able to he gave her uh the meta kind of uh name cuz you know, every supervillain that um Kara Kara had fought till then was pretty much alien in design except for Livewire. Right. So he was able to. He's like, "Oh, you have metas on your 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 planet too," and I think she ended up using that name or that word later on too. Yeah. Did you think that uh, uh, Ban- Silver Banshee looked like Dia de los Muertos? <laughs> uh, a little bit, but I think that's what her character looks like in the comic books too. I think they did a great job makeup wise to make her look like the the character how she looks in the comics. I don't know, I wasn't digging the contacts, but everything else was pretty cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I think, it, you know, and, and I like how 
they included the whole using her scream to help her fly, kind of like the Banshee and the X Men. Um, but uh, I think you, I think in the in the comic books, it's more she flies because she's a ghost, kind of thing, but a spirit. But that's okay. It was a it was a good episode, and then at the end of it, we basically got the the people of National City to trust Supergirl again, and she because she jumps in front of a a, a a a electrical beam that live wire shoots off to try and take down a helicopter, and she absorbs all the electricity and falls to the ground, and all the people start to cheer for her and like, all right, Supergirl helped us again, and she. She goes to, uh, she can't seem to get up, and all of a sudden they, uh, uh, they start yelling at Livewire to leave her alone, and then, all, then out of nowhere, a hose, hose water hits Livewire, <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's the fireman, you know, so that's kind of cool, you know, the people are helping her. Yep, but like it's our tune, Supergirl. Yeah. So it's all good and feel, it's all feel good stuff. And then we have, uh, Kara, you know, feeling a little bit thirsty and uh starts making out with jimmy olsen <laughs> well it finally came to a head because because of words from barry allen look in our superhero lives sometimes we have to slow down and take everything you know as they come but in our personal lives speed is good thing yep. <laughs> so yeah she took it she took it by the took it by the horns as you would as you could say and, and started you know took her love life into account but it went right into uh, the next storyline, which is what it's kind of cool about this show sometimes, because she starts making out with Jimmy Olsen and he just turns into a zombie and starts walking away. And at first, I think you know, obviously they want her to think that, oh my god, he doesn't like me that way. I've totally screwed this whole thing up. But then she sees that there's a whole bunch of people just walking towards wherever in a horde-like fashion, and then we we cut to Nan and Nan is is sitting there and. Myriad is on its way. Is is all a go, and and whatever his plan is, it's 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 a it's a go. So, yep. And then, and then, what do they tell Nan that uh, that their plan is starting? I don't know. Oh yeah, oh, yeah Myriad. There we go. Project oh, okay. Myriad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, Project Myriad is a go, or it's starting, and uh, we'll have to find out what that is all about. Finally. <laughs> uh, Gotham. Dude, Gotham. holy shit. <laughs> right? So we had quite the turn in Gotham with uh, one of my favorite characters with the show, Riddler. Uh, actually, so we had this whole thing where... Uh, Leslie is kind of really worried about Miss Kringle, and she wants uh, she wants Gordon to look into it. And so he goes to ask Riddler or Enigma a few questions about her, not really thinking anything about it. Just like, hey, what was the last time you saw her? Blah blah blah. And Enigma gets into his head that Gordon knows that he killed Chris or killed Miss Kringle, and he's going to set him up. So he sets him up. Pretty damn good. He, he, yeah. He, in in Riddler fashion, he has him follow some clues. You know, eventually gets to uh, a a bomb in a bus terminal to get the get the locker open. He uses a crowbar to pry it open, and it was a crowbar that 
that Riddler placed in a very strategic place, and then he uses that crowbar later on since he's a forensics the forensics guy uh, to uh, cave in the head of a, of another police officer, and then frames Gordon for it. And good lord, did that trial just go like super fast? Like like he was arrested <laughs> one day, the next day he was on trial, and then later that afternoon he was convicted of killing a a police officer. <laughs> Shikless doesn't fuck around. I guess not. <laughs> the Gotham uh, justice system, if you're a cop, just goes really quick. So uh, now he's in uh, Blackgate. I'm, I'm assuming that's Blackgate prison. Yeah, I want to say Blackgate, even though I thought Blackgate eventually gets turned into uh, Arkham. No, they're two different places. Oh, okay. So Blackgate is the place where you send like regular criminals. Arkham would be the place where you send insane criminals. But, fuck, man, and, uh, you know, just to say Gordon gets his ass handed to him multiple times in jail. Jeez, man. Well, I mean, you know, a cop in jail is not going to be a good place for him, uh, especially when he's a cop that put away a lot of the people in that jail. So, yeah, it was not a good place for him to be, and then eventually he finds out that Leslie lost the baby. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty shocking. I know. I mean, I think this is a very interesting, you know, storyline or turn of events for for Gordon because this is definitely not a Gordon that we recognize or know from the comic books. He's he's killed a couple people. He's, uh, I mean, killed and I mean by killed he killed them outside of of doing his job as a law officer. He did it uh, during criminal acts. Um, then he he's gone to jail now for killing. Uh, an officer that he didn't kill. Of course, he feels like he's doing his penance for killing Galavan. So he, he, that's why he's not so upset with being in jail. Well, he's upset with being in jail, but he he believes that he deserves it. And uh, while in there, he's, you know, Bullock is outside trying to still prove that he's innocent, but he's pretty much given up on life. Yeah, And then he finds out that, you know, the woman that he loves has lost the baby that they were going to have together, which I really thought that Leslie was going to go away to Chicago and, you know, eventually have the baby. And that baby was going to become the young Barbara Gordon that we know becomes Batgirl. That's, uh, yeah. I was thinking something but, similar too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that might not have, I mean, it could, it could be a lie that she lost the baby. She might've just told Bullock that and Bullock told that to, to Gordon, but, uh, we don't know at this point, Man. but, Eventually, Bullock coming up to a wall in his investigation, not really being able to figure out who set him up, because Bullock's not really all that great of a detective. He's kind of more just a cop, and he uh, he he likes to use his connections in the underworld to figure things out. But he can't he he can't figure out what what this is because the Riddler is the one that set it all up, and uh, he everybody they still trust Nigma because they have no reason not to. But, uh, you know, he eventually goes to one Don Falcone, you know, to uh, the former crime boss to to help him get Gordon out of jail. That was uh, really, I don't know, I, I just want to say it was really nice to see him again on screen. It was, you know, that guy's a good actor and I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's uh, he is really good. So in jail, the warden has basically picked out a guy to uh to kill um 
Gordon, and I don't remember that. I don't remember his name either. I think it was Weaver or something like that. And basically, the order came from former commissioner Loeb, uh, basically saying, you know, what goes around comes around, and and he's uh, getting his revenge on Gordon by trying to get him killed. Cold blooded. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, it's, it's not successful. They were able to, Carmine was able to, uh, get someone else on the inside to, uh, jump in front of Weaver's knife and kill Gordon. And, uh, and by kill, I mean kill with air quotes because you find out that it was all staged and he goes back in to grab a boy or a young, a young man that saved him from a beating earlier in the season, but in turn got himself beat pretty bad. Uh, it, basically, he was the the voice that told Gordon to keep keep living and keep trying because you're a good man. You saved my sister from being uh, raped and killed before, and I'm only in jail because I stole a car because I want to take a girl on a date, kind of kind of thing. And so we we feel for that kid, and and eventually he. Uh, he uh he dies from his wounds after Gordon breaks him out. So Gordon has now taken it upon himself to not run from from Gotham. He has no reason to go meet up with Leslie because the baby di- the baby didn't didn't live, and he's gonna f- figure out what the hell happened and how he, who 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 uh who set him up inside Gotham. Yep, and and then uh, we also have the Penguin side story, which I think is a little bit silly. You know, it's silly, but I actually... It's probably the best part of the Penguin that I've liked so far in this show. I really enjoyed, you know, Pee Wee Herman or Paul Rubens. Uh, I enjoyed him. So sad that we had to see him let him, uh, let him go so so soon. So soon, yeah. You're right. I mean, yeah, Paul Rubens, I think, is doing a ki- killer job as uh, uh, Penguin's father. I thought there was definitely going to be a bigger... Some kind of bigger twist... With uh, Paul Rubens' character, because the way he was acting, but he genuinely was, you know, Penguin's father and wanted to be the Penguin's father. Uh, it's this step family that he ended up inheriting that uh, was is actually the the mean people. And I, at first, when that hat when they introduced him, I was like, oh, you know, the easy storyline is that they're trying to kill him and get his fortune. But uh, I thought maybe the writers would be a little bit more creative and turn something around that where Paul Rubens is the bad guy and the, these people are being terrorized by him, but that's not what they end up happening. And wow. He, yeah, they tried to kill the penguin with some poison. And then all of a sudden, uh, Paul Rubens drinks it and he, he dies instantly. And when they knock over the glass or the, the, the bottle with the poison in it, you see smoke and it's eating away at the carpet. And you're like, Jesus Christ, what kind of, acid did they put in this whiskey why how terrible were they trying to kill him yeah holy shit uh it was funny too when uh the sister tried to seduce him and he's like what are you doing no you're like my sister (laughs) and and the son's all do you want me to try (laughs) (laughs) yeah they they want that money Uh, but that was oh wow! But they but they were able to kill off uh, Ruben's character before the the lawyer came along to change the will. So we'll have to see what happens. I think 
if this breaks the penguin out of his uh, nice guy apologetic funk and brings him back to his I'm going to get revenge on you kind of thing, that family is going to wish they hadn't done that. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's going to break him. Because, you know, he doesn't, I don't think he even cares about, I mean, obviously he doesn't care about the money that Paul Rubens has, but I don't think he cares about money in general. He he was able to get money on his own when he was just, you know, regular Oswald Cobblepot. He figured out how to manipulate the the gangs and to put himself at the top. So he's he's a resourceful guy, and now you've made him angry. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I thought that was a pretty good storyline. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then you have uh, a little bit of Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne uh, is living with Selena Kyle on the streets, and uh, he was he had to go uh, hang. Out. He went to go hang out with, or they went to go hang out with uh, Poison Ivy for a little bit because Poison Ivy's in charge of growing weed for some gang, and. Selena's idea was to uh to rob the the gang member of their of his money, right? Right. And then when th- that happens to be Butch's cousin or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh what did end up happening to that? He ends up fighting uh the guy and and taking into account whatever it was that that Alfred was teaching him when fighting someone bigger than himself, right? Right. And he's like, just get just get beat up. Let, you know, let, just take the punches and let him get tired out. And then he just beats the shit out of him back. And then, and then he says something about having to leave, doesn't he? Yeah. So I guess this is the point when Bruce is going to start taking off to go learn how to de- defend himself and fight for himself kind of thing. He'll be a ninja. Well, that that means they they escal they they escalated it because that's going to be like five years too early. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd wants a younger Batman, okay? I I <laughs> guess they do. They just want uh they want Robin. <laughs> uh, I think that's that's it for Gotham. Uh, I, I I'm very vested in what happens at the end of the season. I think uh, they're doing a really good job with the storyline now. Now that they figured out what it is that they they want to do. Uh, I know Galavan is going to be coming up and uh, or p- probably coming back eventually, and then also Asriel as a character. And I know you're excited for Asriel. I am. The, That's one of my favorite characters. The world's worst Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The world's worst Batman and most violent Batman. <laughs> yep. Gave no fucks and straight up murdered people. <laughs> that's right. Uh, cool. How about The Flash? What have we missed in The Flash the last couple weeks? Oh, God, so much. <laughs> uh, so they revealed, or through through Vibes, um, uh, Vibes, I guess, his premonitions, uh, they revealed to the rest of the group that Jay is, the, the, is Zoom. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I really want to say, I mean, we saw, obviously, you know, the other episodes that they really need to show us that when we already know as an audience. Yeah, but it wasn't to show us. It's basically more to sh- to, to let the rest of the, the group know because they didn't see that. They didn't see that scene. So it's it's now now that they have an idea that it's it's Jay. And I think that I mean, obviously, we're going to find out that. uh 
you know, I think, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's obvious. I don't know. There's, there's, there's multiple things that could be happening. There's, uh, there's the multiverse that could actually be coming into play because we got Jays from different, uh, universes, just like we saw Hunter Zolomon in, in earth one. Uh, there could be, um, uh, as we saw with, uh, Eobard Thawne when he came back and he took Harrison Wells face, he, uh, speedsters can do that, so he could have took a Jay's, a Jay's face from somewhere else. Um, there could be multiples, just basically because of the speed force and time travel. You know, never, who knows? Well, the endless possibilities. The endless possibilities. Um, so basically, Barry is on a endless journey to try and figure out how to become faster so that he can defeat Zoom. And on this, you know, journey, he, he, uh, he's come up with a speed formula, <laughs> which is very, you know, funny because in the comic book, there are two speedsters, uh, Johnny Quick and Jesse Quick, uh, both, uh, I forget what their actual last name is, uh, Cham- Chambers, that's what it is. It's Johnny Chambers and Jesse Chambers. They use the speed force formula to access the speed force and become speedsters. Uh, they're the only two that do that, but they are they do they are able to to do that. And in the, the the TV show, Barry has figured it out that this is the Speed Force formula, but he has no idea how to apply it to himself to make himself faster. So the only solution is to go back in time. <laughs> go back in time, which Harry Wells from Earth Two is very much like. Look, that's a bad idea. Uh, going back in time and messing with the time time stream is. Is is such a bad idea. You never know what's going to happen, and but Barry figures out that he has he's going to be able to to deal with it and not mess up the time stream because he's Barry. <laughs> but he goes back and he uh, he he wants to go talk to the Harrison Wells. That's actually Eobard Thawne from the future who would know how to apply the Speed Force formula to himself to make himself faster. Uh, and he, he's going to go there to pretend that he's Barry from a year ago that didn't know that, uh, Harrison Wells was Ian Barthon, the man in yellow who killed his mother. And if everybody is still <laughs> with me here at this point, uh, I'm sorry for the headache, but he, uh, Harrison Wells, that's actually Ian Barthon figures out that Barry is trying to play him and that he's from the future, especially because a time wraith comes out and starts to attack Barry. At the police station, at the police station, at uh, at the Star Labs, and he knows that uh, basically time race are beings, entities that that come after speedsters that travel through time and are there to screw up uh, the time stream. Basically, it seems like an, uh, a, a it's a supernatural defense against time travelers, just like how. The Time Masters are a natural defense against time. Like, they're the ones that are there to supposed to stop people from, from screwing with the timeline. So, I don't know why a Time Master didn't show up. That would have been a good way to tie in the two shows, but they didn't. Um, missed opportunities. Definitely a missed opportunity, I think. But, obviously, so Barry, uh, trying to figure out a way to, to, to get away from this... He uh, uses Barry from the past to amplify his speed and travel through time, travel back through time to get back to the future. 
while he's there is the episode where they fought Pied Piper. And he remembered that Pied Piper used his ear implants to blow up the containment unit and get free and cause havoc. So while he was there, he tells them to take out those things and thus changing time. <laughs> he knew not to do things like that, yet he still did. And uh, when he gets back to the future uh, or the present time, he f- realizes that or we have a Pied Piper that works with the team. Yeah, he's a good guy. And that threw, threw him off. <laughs> It definitely threw him off. I mean, it would be a weird thing. I mean, I wonder if there's going to be any more um, consequences to what ha- to to him going back in time. But uh, he also was able to record a message from Eddie to Iris. You know, that would help her. You know, feel you know, help her get over Eddie's death and m- maybe move on and 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 embrace this relationship that she's going to have with her uh, editor at the newspaper. The way he confronted her, though, that was kind of dickish. Even though she needed to hear it, but she he was pretty dickish. He was, you know, and I don't know what that... I mean, especially since he, you know, he's still getting over the relationship with Patty Spivet, which obviously wasn't anywhere near as serious as the relationship that Iris had with Eddie. But uh, it, was, it was kind of dickish. And um, I guess one of the great things... Um... So, do you think he was bluffing, you know, when he told uh, Eobard Bond that he's like, well, he's, uh, I wrote myself a letter, so the past me is going to know what you really are, he's like, and I I told him how to stop you. Oh, I definitely, I believe he was definitely was bluffing. He would never have done something like that. That was smart. Yeah, it was a good bluff, yeah. Uh, I also think that uh, it's interesting that, um, you know, uh, Jesse uh, Harry Wells from Earth Two, uh, daughters has has run away. Uh, especially if she ends up becoming Jesse Quick, like how her father uh, described her. Um, what do you think about that whole part of the storyline? It's just weird that she ran to Opal City. Um, why? Why is that? What? What is it about Opal City that you thought is weird? I mean, I've. Um, I did a little bit of research, but it was, like, from a failed DC comic. That, and so <laughs> nobody brings up that city anymore. I think Opal City is, is part of uh, Starman, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I think... Who's... Oh, no. She ends up in the comic book... Well, in the JSA, Justice Society of America comic book, before uh, Flashpoint and New 52... Uh, she was in a relationship with with Rick Tyler, the the Hour Man. So he's not from Opal City. So would we? Uh, that's not what's going to happen there. I, yeah, it was interesting that she just ran to Opal City or left Opal City, especially on Earth One. Come on, yeah, especially on Earth One. <laughs> um, any other things that you want to talk about with uh with the Flash? Um. We get that tachyon device from Eobard Bond, and that's why I was like, oh, perfect crossover. It made sense with uh, Supergirl. That's right. Cause so the Eobard Thawne actually did give Barry the uh, – give him the solution that he wanted of how to uh, use the speed force formula to increase his speed. So 
Uh, more than likely, it's going to be he's going to have to use the the tachyon device to, to to do so, and we'll we'll have to, and that might be how uh, it it uh, gets to the Supergirl crossover. I just didn't feel like it was the end of the Flash episode where that happened. Right. And I will say I am disappointed in the writers for recycling the plot of season one. Of oh, going back in time. No, just um, how. Barry is trusting his mentor, and then his mentor ends up betraying him, basically. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I, but I think you're going to find out that, like, are you are you talking about are you talking about uh, Jay in general? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're going to find out that Jay Garrick isn't the same the the one that Zoom isn't the same as the one that was training him or helping him. So, it, I think they did that on purpose because they want they want Barry to have that feeling where. I fell for it again. I can't believe I'm that stupid, but you're going to find out that it, he didn't fall for anything, that Jay Garrick was actually a good guy, and that this Zoom is someone else entirely. Cool. Uh, how about Arrow? All right. So uh, we got two episodes of Arrow. Um, from what I can remember, uh, just the Bumblebee one with uh, Emily Kinney. That's what I can remember right, right now. <laughs> From Walking Dead, <laughs> Walking Dead fame. Um, the other, I don't think was there two episodes of Arrow or one episode of Arrow. Uh, actually, yeah, because um, they it opens up with um, they they take Damien to trial. Okay, hmm. so yeah, um, Damien Damien's in trial, and he uh, you know after Detective Lance or Captain Lance his testimony you know he uh he's going to be put away uh in in jail until the trial happens i think that was just the the grand jury whatever you know to see whether or not there's enough evidence to actually try him and uh damian dark is in iron heights prison and he uh he is being stalked by other people that want him dead because he is no longer used to hive so, uh, they have Murmur there. Murmur, who is a Flash villain, but showed up in Arrow previously, I believe, um, to basically have two and two guys with him to kill Damian Dark. And Damian Dark <laughs> eventually pulls a a fast one on the two guys that are going to kill him by by having Murmur uh, kill them because he has Murmur's little sister. I think it was Grandma. on. It, or grandma, that's right, as a hostage, or at least blackmail, or however you want to put it. Right. Um, I feel like both episodes were um, really filler heavy, filler episodes, because we had one with Cupid, and then the one with uh, you know um, Emily Kinney. That's right, the Cupid episode. I forgot about that. It was it, yeah. She was what released from Task Force X, which could make sense because. Amanda Waller's dead, right. you know, so who's going to be running the Suicide Squad now? But, uh, you know, she was released because she worked off enough, uh, um, what's it called, worked off enough missions to get her freedom, was which, which is what's supposed to happen. Uh, and she comes back to Star City, and she is now, instead of obsessed with love, she hates love. And everybody who has... Who who is in love deserves to die, and she starts killing off reality stars and 
you know, all kinds of famous people that are in love. And when she does so, she uh, she eventually focuses on Ollie and uh, Felicity because they were very much in the in the limelight and, and in love and about to get married. But they, she doesn't know that they've broken up. And then uh, she, uh, they stage a whole wedding so they can get her attention to stop her. Right, right. And then eventually they 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 capture her again. Well, Cupid is a interesting character, I guess to uh, to have to 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 bring back. She's uh, obviously it's it's a it's a way of of showing um, Ollie that. If he doesn't watch himself, he could become like her. It's another character like that. Uh, you mean obsessive and stalkerish? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about the whole Felicity, you know, relationship? It needs to end. <laughs> I'm glad that we're on the same <laughs> uh, foot with that. The same note. Um, obviously, you know, they're eventually going to get back together. But it's just the way that those relationships work but yeah I, I i don't i don't like it i think it wastes way way too much time and you know i was totally enjoying uh curtis holt being their uh overwatch guy that was pretty <laughs> the awesome. replacement felicity during the bumblebee episode especially with the whole sorry when i get nervous i start spewing out pop culture references Yes, exactly. That was that was pretty often awesome because I think that's probably what I would end up doing too. <laughs> um, yeah, he was. I mean, he and I, I even said this when he first showed up. Like, I didn't understand why his character was there. He is the tech person for our tech person, who you know. But now the fact that you know Felicity might be stepping away from the group more to be more of uh, the head of Palmer Industries or. You know, eventually, smoke industries, the beacon of hope. Uh, the beacon of hope. Uh, she is going to. Uh, he, they're going to need a new tech person, and that that tech person is going to be Terry Holt. I mean, Curtis Holt. Uh, I kept wondering if there, if uh, if Terry Holt is going to eventually show up, like he if he's going to have a brother who's going to be Mister Terrific. Could be. But I mean, or maybe, actually, maybe what what might happen is that now that we know that. Supergirl is in a multi, uh, a different universe, a different dimension. You know, Mister Terrific Terry Holt might show up there. Not true. Um, I was gonna say, but we saw him show off his, you know, athletic skills, and he has said before that he's run marathons, been in the Olympics, da 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 da. da. That's true. He hasn't he hasn't quite showed off his th- those skills yet. Uh, I can't. Uh, I I I think it's gonna be interesting to find out. If he actually ends up putting on a Mr. Terrific outfit, because uh, he he has T spheres and they use the T spheres, even though he hasn't quite perfected them yet, they use them to blow up a blow a hole in the side of a wall, which I don't think you actually really want to do if you're in an elevator that has you know wires that are keeping you above the ground. It just to me seems like you might be trying to hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't practical, but I was like, whatever, I'll watch it anyway. When uh, at the end of this episode, like you said, they're kind of they're kind of filler episodes. We didn't really get too much uh, information that we needed. We had we did see that um, uh, we saw Malcolm come back, and he 
he he's working with Hive. Uh, what was what was his last thing that he did? Uh, Malcolm. Yeah. Oh, um, basically, he told you know, um, Damien. He's like, we're gonna move forward without uh, without you. You're no longer necessary. Um, he's all, but I did talk to somebody else. They told me that uh, you know, you would be our ace in the hole. And uh, it ends up being uh, Andy Diggle. That's right. That that was the end of the episode. He his ace. You know, when he said ace in the hole, I was thinking the guy with the the tattoo cards again. But then, yeah, it's yeah. I thought it was going to be him again, but uh, no. Yeah, it ended up being uh, Andy Diggle. So obviously, Diggle is or Andy isn't over his programming, or you know, isn't quite on the the side of the good guys like we thought he was. Makes me sad. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, but that's where the episode's in, so we have some more stuff to look forward to for the end of the season. Uh, and we still need to figure out who's in that grave. I have a feeling that we're going to find out in this episode. Oh, interesting. All right, then. Yeah. Uh, the reason I say that episode preview came on during uh, the Arrow episode. Not the Arrow episode, the Flash episode I was watching. Oh, okay. I, I don't think I saw it. But who who was it? They didn't or say. Who, what what was it? That, oh, you just saw it, said that we might actually get to see it or something? Well, um, they're talking about somebody getting hospitalized, and then they say time of death, 1159. Ooh. Okay, well, there you go. Someone someone might die in this episode. Woo! <laughs> uh, I think, is there anything else in particular you want to talk about? Uh, no, we can go ahead and move on. Okay, well then let's move on to uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, uh, I'm really glad that you are enjoying this uh, particular season and and the show in general, seeing as how you weren't watching it before. Uh, What do you think of the Inhumans? So, just to get this straight, Inhumans are basically mutants, but they can say mutants, right? I mean, Inhumans are, are characters that existed in the Marvel Universe uh, before this, before the, all the whether or not we can or cannot say mutants things. And at this point, they're kind of using them the way that they're supposed to with the Terrigen Mists and the, the changing. Um, but they are basically kind of, yes, they are. it's a way to get people with powers into the show without, without using mutants. Um, they are becoming way more important in the Marvel cinematic universe than they ever were in the Marvel comic book universe. So, um, yes, that, that is basically the way they, uh, the show started off with using, using the character of sky who you eventually find out is D- Daisy Johnson. And Daisy Johnson was a very big character, uh, before secret invasion in the Marvel comic books that she was the right hand, uh, uh shield agent to Nick, no, Nick Cage, Nick Cage, fuck. Nick Fury, when uh, he was putting together his Secret Warriors to fight the Secret Invasion. Okay. And I did read, well, actually, uh, what I read was um, Captain uh, Captain Britain, and that was around the same time of the uh, Secret Invasion. Oh, you were reading Captain Britain during the Secret Invasion? Um, Captain Brit- uh, Britain's storyline takes place during the Secret Invasion. Because we're talking about okay. the scrolls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, it 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 could, yeah. Um, 
there's obviously uh, Inhumans and Daisy Johnson are a big part of the the Marvel universe. So, uh, but the yes, the fact that they're bringing them in and making them part of Shield is all replacement for mutants, basically, just so you have people with powers. Uh, we're gonna find more people with powers. I think it's gonna be interesting because like. They gave this character, their, the character in the last episode, or not the last episode, two episodes ago, uh, Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo Rodriguez, the, her power is, she's a speedster, but she can only run to a place within, however far she can run super speed in, in, in between breaths, and then she has to end up back where she was, or she gets, she gets, she gets super speed sped back to where she was, thus giving her the name Yo-Yo, but she was part of the Secret Warriors too, during the secret evasion and uh, she wasn't inhuman. She's, I think she was just a mutant. Uh, from what I saw on the, on the past couple of episodes, I would say they all have pretty awesome powers, pretty unique powers. Yeah. Daisy Johnson has her quake powers. Um, and see, she wasn't an, an inhuman either in the comic book. She's basically just, uh, she's not a mutant either. Her father was uh, Mr. Hyde, which is what they did in the show. He is Mr. Hyde, as in, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh-huh. And because he genetically changed his, or he, he altered his genetics, her his daughter ended up having uh, quake powers for whatever reason. So she's not a, a mutant in, in the X-gene sort of way. She's a mutant in the traditional sort of way. Uh, but in the show, she's an inhuman. She's also the daughter of an inhuman um, and the daughter of, of Mr. Hyde. Uh, but... It was it, it. It is interesting that they keep bringing out in these Terrigen mists, especially since or Terrigen crystals and Terrigen mists, especially since we know that down the line before 2020, we're going to get an Inhumans movie. Uh, have they haven't announced any people playing the roles of like Black Bolt or Medusa? Uh, but we are going to you know going to get that movie and whether and how it's going to tie in to this TV show that's heavily about Inhumans is going to be interesting. And it's interesting um, that you say this because um, I was reading an article online too, and I know how you said that the, this also deals with the consequences of like the Marvel movies. So um, it said that everybody might be um, disbanded from the group after uh, after after Civil War. I think it's going to be interesting how yeah how this particular Shield. Uh, group is going to interact with each other after uh, after Civil War, whether yeah whether or not they are disbanded or not. You know the the consequences of that of that movie are definitely going to be hit in the show because this that this this particular show amongst all the other uh, Marvel comic book shows uh, usually takes a uh, page right out of the of the movies. So uh, when we find out whatever is going to happen, you know it's going to happen is going to be interesting. Um, it's funny because in this last episode with the Watchdogs, they, you know, they the 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 agents of Shield are definitely dealing with a world that has to deal with the outcome or the repercussions of the movies. Like they even talk about, you know, Battle of New York. They talk about uh, Slakovia. They talk about all these Inhumans that are coming around, and the Inhumans once again are are, are a replacement for mutants because uh, in in the Marvel comic books, you know, that's who the the regular people are always afraid of is mutants and how they have superpowers and there aren't people that are being regulated and they aren't, uh, you know, they aren't people that, that can be trusted, but, uh, in humans are now what it is. And Daisy has to constantly be like, look, 
there are bad in humans and there are good in humans, just like there are bad humans and there are bad or good humans. You know, just because they have powers doesn't make them a bad person. Kind of like how Coulson was saying the exact same thing in that meeting with all the, uh, I guess, leaders of the world. Right, exactly. When he went to that meeting as a uh, as a doctor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and so since the ATCU is no longer up, well, it it their 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 uh, their leader um, Rosalind was was is dead. Uh, General Talbot has been put in charge of the ATCU, basically put there by the president to work conjunctionally with uh, Coulson. Because Coulson is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., but the president can't say that the United States condones what S.H.I.E.L.D. does because S.H.I.E.L.D. works outside of the of the United States government. In the comic books, they work with the U.N. government, but they, in the TV show, in the movie, I don't even think they work at, with the U.N. anymore. It's kind, they're kind of a, a world gov, uh, policing organization that doesn't work for any one particular government. I see. Which is kind of difficult if you think of it on a world politics kind of on a level, but this is a, a movie TV TV show comic book, so we don't need to think of it that way. <laughs> um, what did you think of of the way that um, uh, Ward Ward being possessed by this demon character is turning out? I just want to say I'm I'm loving the special effects. The special effects are really good. You know, this is one of I know, this is one of the things I, I heard uh, not too long ago. But this is one of t- one of the TV shows that's got the highest one of the highest per episode budgets out there. Uh, it's even higher than like Flash and and and, and Supergirl. So, uh, you know, they have they do have some money to spend. Um, Thank you, Disney. <laughs> I just want to know what his plan was. You know, when he got all the um, I think it was uh, eight prison. Um, regular peep, uh, c- civilians into that room and then just got all dark and, you know, they all kind of were oh. skeletons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously he, he kind of, he's kind of like a, a vampire in the, but more for a life force. He kind of sucks the life force out of people. Uh, yeah, it was interesting when they, <laughs> they had the guy that, that was an inhuman that was able to, when you look into him, look into his eyes, he kind of does a Medusa, petrification on you and uh he thought that was going to work on 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 ward but ward kind of just slips out of that body like there was a there was like a frozen version of his body like sitting there while he slipped out of it and then the guy kind of freaked out so whatever happened after that was (laughs) uh probably pretty interesting but then yeah there was the the people that they kind of just offered up to him and he uh, he started to look a little bit better, like after he sucked those life forces out of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. That that explains a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. So we got a uh, Cthulhu-like uh, demon god that that uh, wor- that is supposed to be worshipped by Inhumans, or at least part of some type of Inhuman uh, culture. Uh, and we'll we'll have to see where that's going to come down. What did you think of Bobby and Hunter? You know, having to basically be disavowed by the by Shield and have to go their own way because uh, the mushroom soup story, you know, wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, you know, they couldn't quite keep a hold of that story because they kept talking about how they they did end up killing that guy, but they were they were protecting the the prime minister, so uh, it was it was funny. It was a funny circumstances, and uh, obviously. If you're listening to the news, or if you listen to uh, news about the show, the two of them are getting their own spinoff show next season. So that's kind of where this is coming off. If they're they're getting their own like uh, uh, spy spinoff show. There's going to be like Agents of Shield, Black Ops characters. It was just, um, I guess you know, I haven't really watched the show, so I really can't say much, but. It just, uh, you know, it just sucks. Coulson was giving them, like, you know, a chance to be like, you know, you can still come with me. You can still be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. if you take this option. Come on, let's go. You got, you know, 60 seconds. Let's go. And like, no, we can't do this anymore. We we have to go. Well, yeah, and they were like, look, if we, if we take your opportunity, then they're going to know S.H.I.E.L.D. had something to do with this. And then we're going to, you know, it's going to just make, it's going to be very bad for S.H.I.E.L.D. if that happens. And, you know, we're just going to have to take our lumps and go our separate ways. Which, uh, you know, is something that always comes up, like, like you know, in, in, like, spy movies all the time. They're like, if you're caught, you're going to be disavowed and you're going to be on your own. And this actually, we got to see that actually happen in this. They're going to they're gonna be on their own. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, too manly to say that at the end of that episode when they're all, they're in the bar and they're all taking a drink and I saw Mac start to cry, I cried a little. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, I understand what you said that you, you just started watching the show so you didn't have any connection to these characters, but... Uh, I think there was there was quite a deep connection with these characters for the rest of uh, the rest of the people that probably watched the show, and uh, you know I was it was it, it I teared up a little. I'm not I'm not I'm not too uh, too ashamed to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now I need to go beat something up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this show is is really great. I think uh, I think what they're doing is is really cool. Uh, I can't wait to to see what else they they're gonna end up doing. Anything else? Is there anything in particular you want to ask me about on the show? Like, if there's anything that you need to be uh, filled in on yet? Um, Ward got his powers through the antimatter. That's the dude that got sent to the other planet. Yes, exactly. Okay. When I was explaining to you before, yeah, he he, it's some type of ghost demon creature that possessed his. But Ward basically, Ward is dead. The guy died on the other planet, and this this thing is is using his body as a as a uh, Edgar suit, if you remember from <laughs> Men in Black. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's he's the ho- the thing is the host, and he's just using his body. Uh, so yeah. Alrighty then. <laughs> cool. Let's move on to Legends of Shield or Legends of <laughs> DC. Legend Tomorrow. That's the name of the show. Take three. <laughs> Take three. Uh, Legends, DC's Legends Tomorrow, when, uh, I think when we last, I, they actually didn't have any episodes, I think, while we missed, we missed, so we only have this last, this new episode to talk about. Right, they took a hiatus. Yeah, they took a little hiatus, um, which was, oh, okay, um, there was, we, basically the last thing we saw was, uh, Kronos attacking the ship, and Kronos, uh, uh, while the ship was being attacked by Cronus with Cronus on the inside, uh, they take off with Palmer and uh, uh, Shayera and White Canary on the outside. And they're stuck in 1958, and the rest of the group takes off into the time stream. 
And I like the, the when they take off because you think that it's it, when the in the episode when we saw it happen, you think that it's you know Captain uh, Rip Hunter that takes off, but in actuality, we find out that it was uh, Kronos that took made the ship take off uh, into the time stream. And I like when Ray Palmer's sitting there like, oh, it's okay, it's a time machine. So if we just wait right here, no matter what time they go to, they're going to come back to this exact second to pick us up. So we'll just wait. And we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> and any second now, they'll be here. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how it would work. If, if you know, someone left without you, they could go away for, they could have five years of adventure, but they could always come back to the two seconds to like right now to pick us back up. But they never did. And I like how they kept doing the, the, the time jumps. They said 10 seconds later, 10 minutes later, 10 days later, 10 weeks later. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Uh, but the the group, the so what was it, after uh, 10, 10 months? No, 10 weeks. Was it 10 weeks or 10 months when White Canary decided to actually leave them? I think it was 10 weeks. Yeah, so so Palmer was working on a uh, time beacon, basically, to try and get them, because they, they had to leave. They had to leave... Uh, whatever the name of that, that small town, Harmony Falls, I think. Because uh, Savage was there, and Savage was looking for them. So they had to go to... They ended up going to Hub City, which, once again, is another unknown DC city, you know, DC Comic City. It's the the home of... I forgot which superhero was from there, or villain, but they were there for... Uh, for 10 weeks and, and the, the time beacon didn't work. So white Canary's like, look, I can't stay here anymore. I, you know, you people, this isn't my home. I need to go place where it's, I feel familiar. So she takes off and then, uh, Palmer and, and Shaira end up having a life together for two years. Yep. End up falling in love. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they fell further in love and, you know, after two years, Palmer was about, was about to, to uh, pop the question, so so to say, so to so to say, and uh, as he did, finally the time the wave came back and picks them up, and Shaira is just like, "All right, time to go. I, we don't have to live here anymore." Yay! And he he's just upset because he thinks that she didn't feel the same way he did. That it was all just because of what the circumstances they were in, and. Obviously, they she didn't love him the way that he loved her, and he never got to ask her the question. But you come to find out at the end of the episode that she did fall in love with him. She just didn't want to be in 1960 anymore. She didn't. She didn't like to be where she didn't belong. Right, and she's like, oh, you know. And I guess Ray was just being emo the whole time about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of the Ray Palmer that we have in this TV <laughs> show. <laughs> He's very emotional. Uh, we also have the the White Canary who's gone back to live with the League of Shadows. And we see a uh, Rachel Ghoul and his young daughter, Talia, this time, instead of Nisa. He has a daughter he has a daughter named Talia that she wants he wants uh, the White Canary to teach how to fight because obviously she's their best fighter. And it's because she's gone through the training yeah. twice. <laughs> uh, you know, 
I think it was once. I mean, obviously, when they go to break her out from the, the League of Shadows, it was very interesting because uh, they get to the point. Where, I mean, she gets they get there and she turns them in because she has become part of this life again. She has become part of the cult and she she belongs. She thinks she belongs with the League of Shadows. Uh, it is. It's eventually that it, or her uh, uh, hot girl having to fight um, fight her to the death. Uh, that she remembers who it is that she used to be with that group and that she doesn't need to kill and she doesn't need to be part of the League of Shadows because of the training that Hawkwoman and, and her di- and White Canary did on the ship to try and balance each other out because there's too much warrior in White Canary and there's not enough warrior in Hawkwoman. So eventually uh, they come to the point where you know uh, she wants to have her free... Who, did someone else attack the League of Shadows? Is that what happened? Yeah, Kronos. Kronos came into oh, okay. So he they end up they end up protecting uh Rachel Ghoul and and the rest of them and uh and Rachel Ghoul says, "Look, you obviously have two sets of uh, 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 uh two sets of mind or, you know, a heart that that wants you to be a uh not a killer and a mind that a mindset of a killer, but uh, if you if you're set in two different ways, you can't be here. We can't have you here. So, you know, it's very honorable of of him to to let her go. Right, and that's actually I think the nicest we've ever seen uh, Roz ever be. You know, he's he. I think he's that way in the comic books more often than not. But uh, yes, this is the nicest we've seen him in the TV show or a movie. So, uh, you know, that's that was pretty cool of him. And then she told him to make sure your daughter is near uh the island at this this date basically to save her own life yep <laughs> it's like why would i send you know talia on, on a suicide mission oh not talia your other daughter nisa which i don't think you've had yet <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because in the comic books nessa is the one that's actually the older one yeah, that's what I thought, because I was like, wait, shouldn't she, should Talia be closer to Batman's age? She's like double his age right now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I, they switched around in this in this TV universe, and we don't, we have no idea if there's even, well, I guess we do know that there is a Batman in that universe, because there was a, there is a, an Oracle, so, yeah. <laughs> as we talked about before, uh, but interesting. Um, the other part of the episode, the big part of the episode was Kronos. Kronos has the opportunity to capture Captain, uh, Rip Hunter and take him back to the Time Masters like he's supposed to, but instead he leaves him unconscious on the Wave Rider and takes who? Snart. Captain, Captain Cold, Leonard Snart. That's right. Why is it that he takes Captain Cold, Leonard Snart, Daniel? Because Mitch, you are right, right about everything. <laughs> uh, I love to hear those words. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Captain uh, uh, One Kronos, who we, we have seen since the first episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, uh, who never showed his face, ends up showing his face in this episode, and it turns out to be one Mick Rory Heatwave. Because I knew that the fact that they didn't show his face in all those episodes, for whatever reason, you know, because, you know, why not show his face? And the fact that we never actually saw Captain Cold kill Heatwave on that 
planet, time spot, whatever it was, that there was a very good possibility that Kronos and Heatwave were going to be the same person. So at some point, the Time Masters find Mick Rory on that time on that on that area that that Leonard left him, took them took him to the Vanishing Point, trained him to be a uh, to be a time bounty hunter, and gave him the name Kronos. And now he's a badass fighter, uh, time time traveling fighter, bounty hunter. You know, uh, I thought it was very interesting, especially since it was it was Mick in the first episode that called him. Uh, well, who is this I, Boba Fett guy? <laughs> so, what did you think of that reveal? It was... I was just saying, God damn it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I mean, plus I also texted you when I was watching yep. it. I said, I called that shit. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I bet this has to do with Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I said, yep, when you get to the episode, you'll know. Uh, but I also thought it was interesting that Leonard was, was willing to sacrifice his own hand to get, to get free. So he freezes his hand and smashes it against the ground so that he can get the handcuffs off. That was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Lucky for us, you know, Gideon has their, uh, their body plans on the ship or whatever. And she was able to grow a new hand for him. It seems like there was something else that happened in in the earlier in the season that that could have helped, but I can't remember. Maybe I'm just thinking of uh, uh, Hawkman and Hawkwoman's son dying. Maybe, yeah, but I don't think he would have their uh, his DNA though to save him. No, he wouldn't. Exactly, he wouldn't. But you you would think that it wouldn't be that hard for him to upload it, right? <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, anything else about this episode? Uh, no, not really, you? No, uh, I think, I know we have Jonah Hex to look forward to at some point. Yep. Uh, in the near future, and, and because of a preview that I saw, there's gonna be an episode where, where, uh, Ray Palmer, the Atom, grows large. Yep, I saw that as well. So, we will have to see what they do with that, because the Atom usually doesn't grow large. Now, the Golden Age Atom did... So that's going to be interesting, but we'll have to see. So much money for special effects on the show. <laughs> All right, so here we are. We are at the last show that we talk about. I... And we have two episodes to talk about. Yep. The Walking Dead. Two... I, I like both episodes. I heard that the one that came out last sunday was uh the was week one that's what all my friends were telling me are you talking about the one with uh no that's not the one with with carol and and uh maggie no that we already talked about that episode so the episode after that is the one that you're talking about the is supposed to be the week one no it's the one where uh where carol basically ends up getting ambushed by the saviors in the middle of the road Yeah, that's the same episode that we're talking about right now. Or thought, that's the that's the new that's the newest episode, isn't it? Yeah, that's the newest episode. But we have two episodes, right? To talk about. Yeah. So what's okay. oh so the one where Carol got ambushed by the the saviors is the one that's the weak one. Yeah, that's what all my friends were telling me. But that's the weak one. I like I liked it. Oh wow! I I wouldn't have said that was a weak episode, but okay, cool. So what's the what's the episode before that? 
episode before that one. Oh god, it's uh, they go on that run with uh, Denise, uh, so they can get more drugs for the uh, oh yes, that was oh my goodness, dude, the death of Denise. I was not expecting that to happen, except for when, of course, when she started giving off the big speech. Because as soon as you start giving off a big speech, <laughs> you're going to die. Just ask Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> from Deep Impact. Uh, yeah, you can't give... Or not Deep Impact, I'm sorry. Deep Roussy. Yeah, you can't give monologues anymore. No. <laughs> especially st- standing out in the open like that. You just, like, you're just asking for someone to shoot a arrow through the back of your head, through your eyeball. <laughs> you know what's funny though is it, so it ends up being Dwight the one that that ended up doing that right right the one that we saw earlier with uh Daryl and he let him go or he saved them or helped them or however else you want to put it but uh it was also Daryl's <laughs> fucking crossbow so that also had to make him a little bit more upset yep I was like oh I'm so not used to it I was actually aiming for you buddy <laughs> Yeah, he said he was aiming for him. He's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, Rosita and, and Daryl go off with Denise to, to find this uh, apothecary, you know, store, which you know eventually ends up having drugs uh, that could help them a lot, you know, for a, uh, a community that they are. And, you know... Throughout the episode, they they have their little tiffs and they they have their little arguments, and and Daryl is definitely looking very off in the distance, very somber still. And Rosita is obviously very sad because uh, because Abraham left her, and you come to find out that Denise kind of orchestrated the two of them to go on this thing because she doesn't think that the two of them should be so sad. That the two of them have great potential and that, you know, there's no reason for them to be uh, the way that they are right now. And then that's when she gets the arrow through her through her eye. And luckily for us, that was also when Abraham and uh, 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 Eugene were coming down the line. Because they had their idea, well, Eugene had the idea of of making his own bullets. You know, he was able to find a place where... Uh, you know the the right equipment could be used to make to to make their own ammunition, which obviously would come into great handy during this uh, zombie apocalypse. Yep, especially uh, with the war against the saviors. Yeah, that's definitely coming up. But this is more of Eugene trying to prove that he belongs and that he is deservant of of being part of the warrior class instead of part of the helper class and while he's there he i think he kind of picks the wrong moment to stand up to abraham like he it's like picking the wrong hill to to die on you know what i mean (laughs) but he's like you need to respect my skills as a uh, as a as a level two warrior (laughs) (laughs) and uh abraham kind of just fucking leaves him there but then when he get they get to the point where Dwight is holding him hostage, he chomps down. <laughs> uh, holy shit, man! Does not let go of that dick. <laughs> I was not expecting that to happen. He he just got a whole mouthful of uh, Dwight's uh, uh, well, Dwight's little Dwight, <laughs> and he just held down with his teeth. He chomped down. So 
I'm surprised he didn't just go straight through those denim, that denim jeans. I know. I mean, we've seen uh, we've seen uh, Rick, you know, bite somebody's throat out, so it's kind of expecting the same thing. Yeah, but you know that didn't happen. Um, and the rest of the group, Daryl, Rosita, Eugene, and Abraham, were all able to get away. Unfortunately, Denise died, and she was she's dead right there on the on the side of the railroad tracks. Shot in the dome. Yeah. So that brings us to uh, the you know the, the the episode where they're having to deal with Denise's death, and uh, you know, Daryl feels extremely responsible for it, and um, when he uh. He, he he decides to take off on his own to go after Dwight. Well, in the middle of the night, uh, Carol has also decided to take off because she doesn't believe that she deserves to be there anymore. Yeah. So, was not it... Okay, I was seeing that from... I was expecting that from Carol to, you know, run away. But I wasn't expecting that, you know, uh, from Daryl to go out on his own and try to find Dwight and, you know, get vengeance, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't expecting him to go for vengeance either, but it's, it's in his, uh, it's in his character. He's, he has kind of, has done that before. And the whole episode, I kept calling him the redneck ninja. Okay. So I was expecting, expecting him to show up at Negan's camp and just, or the savior's camp and just like try and ninja his way through everything. But, uh, it was Glenn and Rosita. Rosita that ended up going after uh, Daryl, right? right? Oh, and Michonne. And, and, and Michonne, okay. So at this point, the only people that you have left at the the at Alexandria to protect anybody is Abraham and Sasha, Glenn, and Sasha. Okay, uh, but then. Or, I mean, Glenn. I meant Rick. I'm sorry. And then Rick finds out that uh, Carol's gone, and he and Morgan end up taking off to go find Carol. And now all you have is Abraham, Rosita, and... No, Abraham, Sasha, and is there to protect the people. And Carl, I guess. Yeah, but Carl's really only going to protect Judith. True. Yeah, I mean, I thought about that too, but I don't think. Oh, I guess Maggie's still at the, at the, um, at Alexandria. And she's not that pregnant. I just, I just think. Well, I don't know. Yeah. At the end of the episode, it's pretty bad. She kind of ends up going into, you know, it seems like she's going into birth or some kind of miscarriage or something's happening. Uh, so that's going to be a big thing to play in the, the the hour and a half uh season finale that we're gonna have Woo! uh i can't can't wait to see that all play out um but i mean it seems like we're, they're leaving alexandria pretty defenseless at this point right uh but i mean well actually yeah the saviors could be that smart to cause a diversion and then go and attack alexandria well, we know that as Carol was leaving town, she she's driving off with her uh, porcupine <laughs> fucking vehicle. Uh, she comes across some saviors, and they're on their way to Alexandria. They know where Alexandria's at. They're like, the, the, the little compound that's 17 clicks away north of here. Uh, you know, what do you know about it? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just traveling. 
And she's still playing off this, uh, you know, this I'm a meek person kind of thing. But <laughs> I thought it was funny because the whole time she's sitting there like, don't do this. Don't do this. And they keep thinking like, oh, uh, you know, don't kill you. Well, we're going to kill you. And she's like, no, don't make me kill you. <laughs> like, it's just an incredible Hulk kind of like situation where she's like, don't make me angry. <laughs> You're not going to like me when I'm angry. And, of course, she is sewn in a uh, machine pistol into the sleeve of her jacket, and she they don't see it because they think that she should have a gun around her waist or whatever. And ba-ba-bam, she fucking takes out the whole truckload of them almost instantly. Yep. Uh, there's the one dude that's in the passenger seat that's still alive, and there's the dude that was talking to her that happened to get to the other side of the, the uh, vehicle. She walks up to him. Fucking puts the gun to his head and bam, he's she's dead. But or he's dead. But at that point, we don't know what happened to Carol either because he had a gun or he had a knife. Yep. And the next time we see the the vehicle is uh, Rick and and Morgan co- show up to it and they uh they uh have to try and put together what happened to Carol and they start following a blood trail. Uh, eventually they get to a barn or some type of farm area and, and they see a dead body walking or a walker and it looks kind of like Carol, which obviously the show did by using her stunt double, uh, stand in according to the talking dead, Oh, really? but it wasn't Carol. Yeah. Yeah. They purposely used someone that looked like Carol to make you think it was Carol, but it wasn't, it ended up being not Carol. Um, and then you see a guy who's wearing some type of armor, uh, killing some walkers. And he's like, I'm just looking for my horse. Yeah. So, so yeah, and, that's, uh, good. And Rick's what? about to bust a cap in his ass. Yeah, oh, that's right. He was going to shoot him. And then Morgan stops him. It's like, you don't know that guy. You don't know what he was doing. He's, he could be killing people. Well, he could not be killing people. <laughs> So, so that's Morgan, and then uh, Morgan and Rick, and then the on the other side you have Glenn, Rosita, and Michonne. Well, basically Michonne tracking uh, Daryl's movement through the through the woods, who's also tracking Dwight's movement through the woods, and uh, Daryl ends up getting the 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 jump on Michonne because he's the better tracker. And he's like, look, you guys, you know, you're not, you don't need to come with me, blah, blah, blah. And then Rosita says, no, I'm going with him. And Glenn and Michonne are like, no, we're going back. So they, they split off that way. But then Glenn and Michonne end up getting caught by Dwight's people, which that part really got me weird. Cause that means there's a lot of doubling back on both sides of the groups and it almost feels like they're all just lost in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Dwight has Glenn and Michonne tied up, and then uh, that's when Daryl and Rosita start walking up on on Glenn and Michonne tied up, and Glenn is obviously trying to say, "Hey, you know, Dwight's right behind you" or something, but he can't because his mouth is gagged. And then all of a sudden, Dwight shows up right behind Daryl, and he's like. Uh, did he say something before he shot him? Um, I think he just said, uh, it's like, oh, um, I've been looking for you. Oh, that's right. He's, uh, I've been looking for you. And then he shoots him. Yep. 
and blood hits the camera because you know how much I love it when they do that and they break that wall. Uh, but then you hear – it goes to black, but then you hear Dwight say, ah, you'll live. Yeah, probably just shot him in the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, and they, and they want you to, to know that Daryl isn't dead in that particular moment. So you don't have to worry, you know. I bet you that was like added in after they fil- they filmed that episode and put stuff together. Like, oh crap, people are gonna gonna get up in arms and Daryl died, <laughs> and he's not dead yet. So let's just add this little piece of dialogue in to make sure everybody's okay until the the season finale. And I think he's gonna bite the bullet. Yes, you do. That's just very interesting that you would take this stance that you believe Daryl is going to die. I just feel like I have enough evidence. Evidence points out that he is not going to make it. (laughs) Uh, I think you would have to find out if if Norman Reedus has cut his hair. I think that's the important (laughs) thing to find out. If uh, if he's cut his hair, then he's not on the show anymore. I think he'd keep his raggedy ass hair. I don't know. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen him in other movies? It's usually pretty short. Yeah, I mean, Boondock Saints. He has short hair. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then even at the beginning of The Walking Dead, he had short hair. Yeah. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. You have you have uh, Daniel talking about Daryl dying. How do you feel about that? How do you feel uh, if Daryl actually does die? Um, well, you'll know before you listen to this because this comes out on Tuesday and. The newest episode of uh, of The Walking Dead will be out on Sunday night, so uh, this is going to be all old news by the time <laughs> you watch it uh, or you listen to it. But who's going to die? Who's going to be the one that doesn't uh, isn't there for season eight? We'll have to find out. I think it'd be interesting if it was Rick. Really. Yeah, because he's really happy right now. You know, he's got a community that that follows him and can fight for themselves. He's got uh, a woman that that you know obviously feels for him a lot. He has a, a good kid that's alive, missing an eye but alive. <laughs> he's got another kid that's you know try that's gonna be that poops all day. Uh, that poops all the day. <laughs> but uh, he's got a he's got you know a good life considering at the moment. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, I mean, I'm ready for the hate mail. If you know Daryl yeah. does bite the bullet, you're ready for the hate mail, and you're ready for uh, you're ready for Lucille, huh? What if someone comes at you with Lucille? Then uh, I don't think uh, you know be alive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta have more confidence in yourself. I think you survive it. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that's where it is. That's that's Televised Rogues for this week. We had an extra long episode, almost two hours long. But we had a lot to get through, and we had a lot of recovery from Batman v Superman. So uh, what are your opinions? What are your, some of your suggestions? What are some of your theories for the, the, the rest of this show, go, the rest of these shows going on? We'd love to hear them. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Uh, Daniel's on Twitter as at Daniel Von Helvet. Uh, you can reach Geek Elite Radio at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. But most of the time, you can talk to us on Facebook at our Geek Elite Radio page. But you can also go to geekeliteradio.com, our website for pod, for archived podcasts. Uh, other than that, though, I'm really excited for the 
season finale of Walking Dead and the rest of the season of the rest of the shows. Uh, sounds like Daniel is too. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, I have to say, this has been Televised Heroics on the Geekly Radio Network. Until next time, telling you to always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.